Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk about the latest happenings in pop culture to help make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. This week, we'll be talking about the Kim and Kanye divorce rumors, Matt James' first episode on The Bachelor, and our thoughts after binging Netflix's Bridgerton. Let's discuss. You haven't messed up on an intro in a while. I love it. I know. It's because I'm an icon. (laughs) Wait. I have two questions of the first. Wait. Questions of the day. Okay. Are we jumping right in? Yeah. I mean, do you have anything you want to (laughs) say? Yeah, not really. I feel like the intro would just be depressing from what a week this was. (laughs) And honestly, I don't want to get into it. I know. And it's honestly been like too much to handle because not only was so much happening in things that are important, but also so much was happening in things that aren't important in the slightest, which is what we talk about on this podcast. And um, it was overwhelming. It was hard to take it all in. Our, I mean, I don't even think we prayed for this, but if we had, our prayers were answered. Because remember, when we recorded last Sunday, we waited until the day before release to record in the hopes that something would happen after a week hiatus, mind you. And we said <laughs> on the pod, we were like, oh my God, there's nothing to talk about. You know, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for this one. And then Monday morning, it was just like rapid fire from there on. Yeah, we did not run out of content. But before we get into the content, I just have been thinking about something and I want to ask you about this question, okay? It's not in our notes, so I'm just gonna Okay. Is cereal soup? Oh no. No. Why would you do this? <laughs> I hate questions like this because people are always like, well, we're going to get technical. And it's like, why are we getting technical over cereal being soup? You know, it's just these things. This is something that people will never agree on. So why do we, why do we try to argue about it? My answer is probably technically yes, but morally and emotionally no. Emotionally. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. I just wanted to get your take. That's all. Who posted that? All right. Because I'll send them a message. Nobody. I just thought about it and I was wondering. Oh. What's another one that people always fight over? It's like, is a hot, a hot dog, dog a sandwich? Yeah. Oh my God. Sandwich. Um, there's a couple others, but, and for the record, no, a hot dog is not a sandwich. But. It drives me crazy. And then there's always people, obviously the overwhelming majority says, no, it's not. Stay in your lane, hot dogs. And then there's always people that try to join the fight with some stupid argument. Like, well, technically it's between Brit. Like, I don't I feel have like, time. You know what I feel like is a similar question to that? Oh. <laughs> it's like, is the Queen's Gambit good? <laughs> uh, which we'll get into. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't, ex- I didn't see that one coming. That was good. That was good. I'm one of those people that's like, I'm different. I think the Queen's Gambit is bad, and I feel like we need to talk about it later because people are canceling me for hating on the Queen's Gambit. And Everyone, please, my piece. I just want to say that, yeah, if people are listening just to hear your apology for your statements, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but please know that, like Audrey said, we will address the Queen's Gambit yet again towards the end of the episode, so. I feel like like the Queen's Gambit is going to be, like, our first little, like, running joke of, like, our podcast. It just continues for years and years, and someone, like, our super fans down the line will have to explain, like, what the Queen's Gambit tea is and, like, refer them to episode 22. 
20 or something of our podcast. Oh, absolutely. And imagine if there is a season two, even though I don't (laughs) think there will be, but if there's a season two, things are going to go up in flames real quick. I'm just going to choose silence. And not violence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's get into our actual question because it's tradition, even though we have so much to talk about and holy shit, do we have some thoughts as well. But first, you know, just as a reminder, if you have any new listeners since the first time we started doing the question of the day, we just started doing it as a way for you guys to get to know us because unlike many other podcasts in the podcast space, we are not celebrities who (laughs) um, decided to start a podcast as another income slash revenue stream, but rather two people who are really passionate about pop, pop culture pop culture who are not making a single penny and are in fact losing money on this mm-hmm. podcast rapidly <laughs> a rapid decline it's not a rapid decline but yeah it's about ten dollars a month <laughs> <laughs> okay so the question of the day is what is <laughs> sorry i'm feeling very giggly what is your biggest illogical fear <clears throat> emily you Okay, so before I answer, I do want to say I feel like we get so many DMs from people about our stories and about the pod, and I love that. And people are always giving us suggestions on stories to cover and DMing us content, which I love. But also, please feel free to DM us a question if you do think of one, because we're running out of ideas. Yeah, (laughs) 100%. I don't know. We got that one about Halloween, and I really like that. So if you ever have any pitches, let us know. We will do it. 100%. It's not even an (laughs) if, it's a win. Um, My biggest illogical fear, when I first read this, I thought it said, what is your biggest fear? And I was like, oh, we're going to get dark. We're going to get really dark today. I had to put illogical in there for sure. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tell me if this works because I was, I thought of it immediately. And then I was like, I think this is an illogical fear. So let me know. The fear of a ceiling fan falling down (laughs) onto me. Yeah, that's logical. I mean, illog- what- it makes- <laughs> it's logically illogical. Yeah. Okay, thank God. I was like, I think this falls <laughs> into the right category. I get so nervous if I'm ever in a room and then I look up and I realize it's right above me. I will make an effort to sidestep, do a little Cupid shuffle out of there. I just... I worry. I And I also have a big fear. I think there's a lot of TikToks. Remember when it was... There was like that tall hot guy trend that was really cringe where the guy would grab the ceiling fan and he was like yes I hated that because Mm -hmm. I've always been scared of like jamming my fingers into a moving fan and so maybe that's where the fear came from I don't know but I just don't vibe with fans other than for the white noise purposes cool yeah um mine is (laughs) spiders (laughs) mine's just spiders like it's pretty basic no that's not illogical Oh, really? Okay. Um, <laughs> let me think, let me think, let me think. Or, I mean, or even if it was, I guess I'm not the logic and illogical police, police, but maybe is there a fear that you have that everybody else is always telling you to calm down about? Because spiders, oh my God, when we live together, disaster. Yeah. Shout out to Nadia for killing all of them. Yeah, no, those were dark times. Did I ever tell you about the centipede that I saw on the carpet? <gasps> oh that? my god, yes. No, the yeah. centipede season. Oh my god. Oh my god. The oh my god. In our house, I completely blocked, repressed that memory. Holy shit. That was actually, I'm getting, oh my god, I'm getting chills. I know, I it. feel itchy. Oh my god. No, like there was a time. So when Emily and I were living, we had like a centipede problem. 
and we found that oh my god like we there was one time where we saw one uh like in the kitchen on the ceiling oh and we were like oh good it's like in the kitchen that's really good and so then we killed it and it like fell and then we lost it and then we saw two more centipedes in the garage were you around for carpet beetle season i don't think yes you oh you were Yes, because I remember, so at our old house, we had the softest carpet. It was one, I mean, that house was perfect in many ways, but the carpet upstairs was so nice. However, the centipedes would hide in the carpet, obviously really difficult to see them. And it was just horrible because you're like, how long have these things been here? Okay, but the carpet beetles. Are you talking- oh, the carpet beetles. Oh no. What? Okay, no, that was a new thing. So then over quarantine, we started having ant problem like (gasps) ants were everywhere which you were there's just always an ant problem like in the summertime you know everywhere and but this year it got really bad and it was like they were like ew they were just everywhere and so we contacted our project management project management property management (laughs) (laughs) um uh people you put together he put together a powerpoint on how to remove a deck um no but we had to call them and they were like okay cool we'll send someone out and he started like spraying the baseboards and stuff and then he was like in my room and he's like hey can you come in here a sec and I was like what's up dude (laughs) and he was like do you see this little thing on the wall and it was just like tiny little black beetle which triggered me also because I have a we're getting really into the bugs but like I had a bed bug infestation in a college college apartment and it was like actually traumatic (laughs) and I thought he was gonna tell me I had bed bugs and like the pandemic had just started and like everything was gonna crumble in front of me but he was like yeah so this is a carpet beetle and basically they multiply like like crazy so we need to find the source of them right now and like I need to spray for them too and I was like oh fuck okay and then so yeah they look like they could be like if you didn't know what a bed bug was you might see it and think it was a bed bug like I actually knew because I had very extensive research um on bed bugs before anyway long story short honestly like I hate bugs. Okay, I'm honestly itchy right now, and so I feel like carpet beetles is a good answer over spiders. Okay, cool. <laughs> and centipedes. No, the centipede oh. thing was fucking crazy. Dude, I will say that even though we had some nasty bugs in Portland, nothing is worse than, than cockroach. cockroaches. Yeah, no, I don't even want to talk about that to me. We honest. can't. Oh my god, when did this this podcast is turning into fear factor? Like we <laughs> we're not Joe Rogan, okay? No, and we have to get into the first topic of the day. So, speaking of giant bugs, Kanye and Kim, <laughs> <laughs> Kanye and Kim allegedly get a divorce. Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are over. Multiple sources tell Page Six that, quote, divorce is imminent. They are keeping it low-key, but they are done, says the source. Kim has hired Laura Wasser, and they are in settlement talks. Okay, so this happened earlier this week, and the pop culture world was absolutely quaking, and everybody was like, holy shit, it's happening, like, no fucking way. We were kind of like, no way. But also, um, this did not come as a surprise to me in the slightest, and it it was like kind of half and half in terms of our followers, at least. Like, half of our followers were like, oh yeah, I saw this coming, it was just a matter of when. And then the other half were like, wait, what the hell? Like, where did this come from? So before we talk about, you know, our feelings on this whole charade let's just talk about a few of the reasons why this is not a surprise to me in the slightest okay bullet point number one west tweeted in july i have been trying to get divorced since kim met with meek at the waldorf for prison reform seeming to refer to a criminal justice summit attended by kim and rapper meek mill in november of 2018 
He also called momager Kris Jenner, quote, Kris Jong-un, quote, and claimed that the Kardashians were trying to force him into psychiatric, psychiatric treatment. Then Kanye reluctantly showed a $1 million birthday in Tahiti last October for just one day, gave Kim a hologram of her father, and then dipped. And at a South Carolina presidential candidacy rally, West exclaimed, quote, I almost killed my daughter, end quote, referring to the fact that he and Kim apparently almost decided to abort their pregnancy with daughter North shortly after he apologized uh, for revealing private family matters on Instagram. That's just like the last year or so of, you know, things that were even made public. There was also a ton of conversation and Kim wasn't even like hiding it that a lot of the time over the pandemic, Kanye lived in uh, Wyoming, in their home in Wyoming, while Kim stayed with the the kids in Calabasas. Yeah, that didn't come as a shock to me. Like, they have been clearly going through it. He's clearly had, you know, several public outbreaks, breakdowns um, over Twitter, and I'm sure it's been really hard for Kim. And I also imagine that, you know, this isn't a decision that is made lightly because I know that they like definitely loved each other. So yeah, honestly, it was really hot tea because they were like the couple of the decade, but can't say I'm surprised. But we're also in a new decade. So let's think about that for a second here. I mean, what I was most confused about, I agree with the fact that it was huge news. It was sort of a bombshell, but why were people so surprised and why were people so sad? (laughs) I don't understand. You know, let's say if, if Chrissy Teigen and John legend got divorced i would be devastated same with ryan reynolds blake lively devastated would have to take a couple weeks off work okay but (laughs) kim and kanye just all the things that you just mentioned that's just within the last year year and a half so why it's like we could provide a full what 10 year timeline of their entire relationship and all the chaos that mostly kanye has caused i mean kim is not perfect but you know and (laughs) It should all add up. If anything, I'm shocked that they lasted this long. And also it's Hollywood. Even if they were just two normal people with the same personalities and and same issues and same lifestyles and whatnot, Hollywood relationships are gone in the blink of an eye. So I'm just impressed that they lasted this long. I just really don't understand, though, why people are such diehards for them as a couple, because clearly it is not a healthy relationship for either party. Yeah, I mean, I think based on kind of like the compilation of public statements and like what we've seen as the public's view for the last however many, what is it, like six years or something they've been married? Maybe maybe less, maybe more. It's clear they mean a lot to each other. Like, it's clear that they have a really special relationship. And it kind of just seems like, you know, Kim has to put her mental health first. And that doesn't mean that she doesn't care for Kanye and his, like, mental health. But she has to do what's best for her and for her kids. And so that probably means having some distance and it probably just wasn't like a healthy relationship anymore. And I think that's like, great. Like if you're not in a healthy relationship, you shouldn't be together. But then things got even more complicated because as soon as everybody's trying to process this whole divorce news, then you have outlets coming back and saying, oh, never mind. They're in counseling. You know, they're trying to sort through the problems, which you hit the nail on the head was 100% just Kris Jenner freaking out because this was not supposed to break on, you know, page six's accord. This was definitely supposed to be in one of the new Kardashian episodes or posted by Kim. Yeah. And also it's, and that's, what's like funny. I don't think they've had a single split that happened within their family that came out the way that they wanted it to for the most. And 
Yes, 100%. When the news came out, like, first, I think it might have been, who was it that first dropped it? It might have been TMZ or Page Six that first announced the divorce, and then everybody started reporting it from then. And then people followed up and was like, oh, no, it's not, it's not official yet. Like, she has a lawyer, but the divorce isn't, you know, finalized or whatever. And yes, that's probably the Kardashian clan just trying to take control of the narrative. It is not outside of the realm of possibility that the Kanye and Jeffree Star rumor was also related to them trying to take control of the narrative, which when that came out, I was like, oh my God, there's absolutely, I I didn't even give it the time of day other than Jeffree's post, which was clearly a thirst trap type situation. Like I'm where his location was Wyoming and he mentioned Sunday service. He was in Wyoming because he does have a home there. But um, it had nothing. He was just taking advantage of the publicity, which that's what a entrepreneur does. And he did a great. But he posted a video yesterday that was for some reason 23 minutes long because ads. And um, he basically said, yeah, no, <laughs> I've never spoken to Kanye in my life. And this is hilarious, yada, yada, yada. And it was great publicity for Jeffrey. Like who wouldn't want to be associated with one of the most fa- famous families in the world? And so, yeah. You know who's on the wrong side in this situation? Who? The TikToker who posted <laughs> that initial video saying the whole, what did she call it? Like the whole industry knows it or the whole, all the insiders know it or something. And I'm like, who are you again? I didn't watch it. And y'all, we got to work. Okay. Let's all just sit down. Let's have a discussion about media literacy. Okay, people. <laughs> we need LinkedIn learning right now. We here because it's getting out of control yeah no the fact like this girl just posted a tiktok basically linking the two of them together and i'm not saying that she's the first one that reported it but that was the one that i saw first and also most frequently and we had a lot of people sending it to us and so i think a lot of other people were getting their news from it and yeah when did we become a society that learns strictly from tiktok if we're talking about breakfast sandwich tutorials, whipped coffee tutorials. Yes, let's learn from TikTok. But when it comes to Jeffree Star and Kanye West reportedly dating, oh my God, like, come on. I feel like I'm usually the gullible one and I <laughs> usually send stuff to you and then you're the one that always throws it back in my face and it's like, are you kidding me? Like, this isn't real. Or like, what do you do? What do you-? But even this one, I sent it to you and I think I was just like, LOL. Like, this is so dumb. Yeah. And I mean, the real tea is like, there is a lot of stuff that happens in Hollywood and, you know, in LA and whatever that is crazy that we don't know about and probably is real. And there are a lot of rumors that can be spread around that probably are real. But let's just be honest. Okay. That is the reason for an NDA. So if you see someone, uh, here's a great example. I saw a girl on TikTok who posted that she was in she was in an LA, I think she might be a stripper and like Kanye and Kim were there. And then she said that they like had her sign an NDA to say that the divorce didn't like, isn't real or something. And she knew about it. I don't know. She was forced to, or she was asked to sign. You can't talk about signing an NDA that completely disregards the reasoning behind signing an NDA. You could literally get sued. So, um, and by the Kardashians, you want to talk about how much that would be? Yeah, and also there are there are gossip sources like TMZ, people like E-news. those types of sources. Those are more way more credible than like TikTok. It doesn't mean that it's true and if it says reportedly or allegedly, that's just because they're picking it up from one of the other news sources, but like like when TMZ reports something, it's like almost always 100% true. If us weekly reports something, 
probably not true because they just post a bunch of lies and they just try to get people to buy their magazines because magazines are a dying industry. It cracks me up because E! News obviously posted, you know, Kim and Kanye getting divorced. And then what was it within 24 hours posted the whole, never mind, they're just in counseling, they're trying to figure it out. And everybody in the comment section was so pissed. And they were commenting like, make up your minds. Like, why don't you post one thing? And, you know, once you know it's the truth, but you have to think of the people that are working for E! News and sources like it it's like when something like tmz breaks the news people are going to get mad at you if you don't say anything because they want you to confirm it so if you it's like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't so i do feel bad for these outlets but that's why we love being a small business because (laughs) (laughs) if we mess up we can send handwritten personal (laughs) apology letters to every single follower yeah Okay, well, I think that kind of covers it. I mean, do you have any other final thoughts? It's it's terribly sad. It's not that surprising. And their whole family is going to be completely fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anybody is on... Again, the only person that's on the wrong side for this one is that TikToker who posted that just trying to clearly get some clout over an insane rumor that has no truth to it. And between Kim and Kanye, yeah, it's just not even worth getting invested into. They're both going to be fine. I think this is a smart decision. It clearly wasn't a healthy relationship. And I'm just... Oh my God. I mean, will she? Like, she's... There was rumors that she's dating Van Jones. I was like, you guys, media <gasps> literacy. Like, let's talk about it. <laughs> oh my God. That, I would Have you not die. heard that? No. Yeah, that's another rumor. I'm like, I'm not giving it the fucking time of day. Like, and it, if she is good for her we'll hear about it later but like i don't i don't think she's dating van jones personally but she could be i mean they're both friends with the trumpers so we never know (laughs) or not the trumpers but the actual trumps they're both friends with the trumps (laughs) oh my god what a good first story now speaking of trumper matt james first episode of the bachelor (laughs) (laughs) audrey is on the transitions today oh my god to start off a new year, America has a brand new Bachelor who has never been on the show's previous seasons or spinoffs. Matt James is a total package, tall, dark, and handsome. If the first episode of The Bachelor season 25 is any indication, it's going to be a competitive season. The new Bachelor house, the Nima Collin Woodlands Resort in Farmington, Pennsylvania, is filled with bold personalities and fiercely competent women. All right, let's just like dive right into it. First of all, very first thing, I just want to talk about Matt James. I want to talk about your first impression. You know, we don't know this dude. We had some judgments, you know, based on what we've seen through other people. But I just want to get your general vibes. Are you looking forward to the season? Um, And then we have a couple talking points we want to get to. And then we need to talk about Bridgerton because holy shit. Well, I'm so excited for that. So (laughs) I'm glad that we're doing that last. Otherwise, I think I'd run out of steam and then we'd just be exhausted. Yep. Okay. In regards to Matt James, I will admit when I'm wrong. And I think, I believe I called him, quote, a total douche or something like that. (laughs) Or I think, I think I called Tyler C that last episode. And therefore, because Matt is associated with him. And it was funny because my brother was downstairs. He popped into the condo when I was recording that just to get a snack. And then he left. And then after (laughs) we finished recording, I went over to go hang out with everybody. And he was like, who are you calling a total douche? I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I was actually a little pleasantly surprised by Matt. I really liked, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the potential douchebag qualities are still there. However, I really, really liked how nervous he was. He yep. seemed so genuinely nervous. And I I know you posted this on his little hugs that he was giving the girls before they went inside. Yes. and. 
I just, I really liked his energy a lot more than I thought I would. So I will sort of apologize for maybe being a little aggressive on the initial judgment, but I'm not going to officially apologize yet because there's always room for things to take a dark turn. But overall, my general impressions of him, I really liked him. I cannot get over the fact that he looks exactly like Frozone in real life. It's all I can see, but... It's actually true, like his head shape. If he doesn't at one point yell, (laughs) where's my super suit? Then I will be so disappointed in this entire season and it'll be a missed opportunity. But I, yeah, overall I was, I was impressed with him. I think he's a very genuine guy. I didn't know he was religious, which we will obviously get into later, but what were your Mm -hmm. impressions? Yeah, so I kind of had the same feelings. Like, I want to go into it with an open mind and I don't want to be overly judgmental because there's a lot of things that we don't know about Matt James. That being said, like, my initial impression in terms of like what we were alluding to before we started the season of just being like, okay, you know, this, this dude's friends with Tyler C. He's friends with Hannah Brown. He, you know, has never even been on the franchise. He's made a couple weird comments here and there. And he, I don't know. He just, he, I have a weird vibe, but like, I can be wrong. TV, you know, leads me astray a lot. So it could be leading me astray in this situation too. But I'm just going to say like, I have this gut instinct and I'm not ready to let go of it yet, but I'm open to being proven wrong. There are some rumors floating around that Matt James might be a, a registered Republican and that, that he might be a Trump supporter. And that would be very interesting. I'm just putting it out there. It's just rumors and media literacy people, okay? So I'm not confirming nor am I denying, but I'm just putting it out there that, you know, I kind of got that energy a little bit. And mm-hmm. so having that rumor then come out kind of like reinforces that energy for me. So I'm a little bit weary. I'm not going to lie. There was a couple, you know, instances throughout the episode, which I found to be interesting. So I don't know. I guess I'm just feeling confused. That being said, like starting the episode and and watching it through for the first time, I felt like the production of it was like so much better. They just were more prepared for this like quarantine situation and they really like had it down versus the Clarentatia season was kind of special in its own right, but they did not have a lot of things figured out and you can tell that they really took it. They pulled in the reins. They did what they had to do to really make this season something worth watching. I already feel invested in the most of the characters for the most part or most of the women. Definitely. So I'm excited to like learn more about them and hopefully begin standing them left and right because I need, I really need Bachelor Nation to put out some people that are worthy of standhood because let me just say, after the last week um, and the happenings in the, uh, at the Capitol, like, and the amount of fully ignoring, like, it's one thing to be silent and I get it, like, social media is not the checkpoint for ethics and morals. And just because you post on social media about something does not make you good or bad. Or if you don't post, that doesn't make you good or bad. But it's just cringy, like watching Jade Roper talk about her new plot of land that she bought in Big Bear. And uh, Pia Booth, oh, she just got pre-approved to buy a house in Tennessee. Posting about all this like in the last day or two, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, can you at least just like put it on your close friend story? Like, goddamn. Like, I don't want to fucking, I don't care. 
there were several people who did address it, acknowledge it. And that just made me feel good because it's like, cool, like you're rooted in like what's currently happening and like you live mm-hmm. somewhere in reality. But if you're not even talking about it, then like, where the fuck are you? And I cannot relate to you as a, ca- a fan. So anyway, that's kind of like a little rant of mine. But I, that's just all to say that like, I hope that the diversity that they have seem to have implemented in the cast this year lends to a more diverse like bachelor nation cast later on because totally. i fucking can't like i follow them for the podcast like i follow them on our podcast account but like i hate following them and it makes me upset and would <laughs> so. never follow on a personal account 100 percent, yeah well speaking of diversity how do you feel about the whole backlash of the fact that a lot of the previous bachelors and bachelorettes are all christian yeah i mean that's an interesting question let's actually talk about that for a second because there was a lot of discussion on this first episode about um the fact that matt james and i think you know that's something interesting because like on tasha's season we were talking about how she sent ivan home because apparently there was a difference of opinion uh, when it came to their religion. And that makes sense. Like if you are weaning out um, potential suitors or potential relationships based on your religion, that makes complete sense. I guess to me, the prayer was fine if they were all cast to be like a preferred religion, I guess. And that just seems like a little bit weird, I guess, to weed out potential contestants based on their religion but because it's a dating show like I feel like it's acceptable ish but I also don't think that they did that because if they did that then Ivan wouldn't have been so I don't know I it would have made me like I guess it would have made me a little bit uncomfortable because as soon as he started praying um, and talked about how he prays in tense situations I was thinking like okay if I would have been there I would have immediately been like oh I don't think this is like the person for me just because I don't think he would appreciate like the way that I'm rooted in my religion is not as at the same level that he is. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, like a lot of girls were mentioned or shown talking about how they really loved the prayer and it made them feel super great and they felt the same way and whatever. Um, and I'm just curious if there was anyone there that was like, oh, this is uh, not for me then. <laughs> I better better head out. <laughs> yeah, it was just such an interesting thing. And I still don't really know how I fully feel about it because, and there was a lot of backlash. And of course, Caitlin Bristow got involved on Twitter because somebody tweeted, you know, there are people who aren't Christian. There are people who aren't religious. Mm-hmm. And basically just kind of complaining that he was essentially forcing people into this prayer. And then of course she goes, you know, I love you and totally respect this opinion, but devil's advocate, he was setting the tone and it was important to him. In these situations, I see both sides. You know, I think that back in my college days, if anybody listening has been in a sorority or even a fraternity, you know that a lot of the rituals and a lot of, you know, maybe things that go on in chapter or initiations do involve some sort of prayer-esque things, right? And I remember when I was in our sorority in college and there were several members who would speak up from time to time saying, you know, I don't really feel comfortable with this because X, Y, Z, and everybody had their own reasons. And it's just such a sticky situation because there's no perfect answer there, you know, because you have the ritual, you have the tradition, you have what's important, really important to some people, but then it does make other people feel uncomfortable. And 
Oh, I don't know. I really don't have an answer. I don't have a side on this one. I think it's just a sticky situation. What's really the most sticky is like at the end of the day, this is like public programming. We're at a really weird, this is such a weird time because Mm -hmm. for example, just like the first thing that comes to mind is like lately in the news anti-semitism for example is like rampant like horrible right now and just the idea that like even in that example that you had just shared about a lot of the um sorority rituals kind of being rooted in christianity and stuff that is like problematic (laughs) because does it like having yourself see yourself as the center of religion and everything else is not (sighs) i don't know it's a really deep conversation, honestly, and it's like, I don't know what the right answer is. I agree with you that I can see both sides when it comes to The Bachelor. I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, I don't think there's a... <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I did this to us, but I just... No, no, no. You're good. It's a good question. It's a really good question. I think it's like, it's worth talking about. It's worth having a discussion at the very least. Like, let's let's recognize and acknowledge that Christianity is often seen as the pinnacle of religion and everything else is second and third just because there's potentially less people who practice that religion especially in America it was a little bit weird to watch as somebody who particularly like I grew up Christian but I don't really you know practice it to certain extremes and it just made me feel I put myself in my own position as if I were to be in that room like how would I feel and I imagine there are people in that room who also felt similarly to me which is just like oh should I leave or like? <laughs> well, and, you know, even during the prayer, whenever, you know, there were some women that were, yes, and like, you know, like, amen. And, mm-hmm. and that would also make me uncomfortable, which again, I'm not bashing them because if they really feel that passionate about it, they are more than welcome to speak up and say those things. But if I were someone who identified with a different religion or if I was someone that didn't align with those same religious beliefs, it would make me feel even more uncomfortable, one, that he's doing the prayer, and then two, everyone around you is chiming in and sort of, you know, positively reinforcing it, and it would just make me feel like a total misfit. So, yeah, and overall, then you're fucked because you're like, do I have to go home? Like, I, I'm not going to get enough followers if I get kicked off the first episode. You yes, know I mean? the women that did get kicked off. I've only seen one, but there is one on TikTok. I'm blanking on her name right now. She I, is... Yep. Oh my God. Even though she got sent home on the first night, she is really utilizing TikTok to her full advantage, really trying to gain that cloud, get those followers. And she, it is funny content. So good for her. Again, I'm not bashing her, but as she should. Exactly. It really is all about followers game, baby. We would do the same thing. (laughs) Any other thoughts? Did you have any early favorites? I actually don't remember anybody's name, but you could try to like describe them if you do. Yeah, I know. I was just there. The first night is always such a blur. I mean, this might be a basic answer, but I love Abigail. Mm-hmm. Also, Oregon represent. No, Beaverton represent. Okay. You got to track her down. I know. She probably like lives next door for all I know. Beaverton like if you see Matt James, if you see Matt James roaming around, if you bump into him at Starbucks, boom, we got a spoiler. That would be crazy actually we just recently learned that emily and i only have like two degrees of separation to matt james okay i didn't know if we were gonna bring this up but no i don't think we should because like okay no no, like we will that's all i'm gonna say right okay yeah we we do have a pretty close connection to matt james those spokane connections run deep (laughs) 
And we, I found out about it and then I immediately freaked out and texted Audrey. And then it turns out that she also has the same connection because again, Spokane is family. Ugh, it is family. Just like Olive Garden, baby. When you're here, you're family. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't really have much to offer on favorites other than Abigail. However, I will say, is it just me or does Nat not really have a ton of chemistry with anybody. I think the moment between him and Abigail was beautiful. And I think there's obviously a lot of room to grow for everybody, but I didn't really see that one person or that one moment. Yeah. I thought that, who did he give the first impression rose to? Abigail. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even see it with Abigail to be honest. And I agree. I like, cause the very, the first like six to seven girls that came out of the limo seemed to get the best edits in terms, cause they were the non quirky ones, like the ones that just come out to like orchestral music and then orchestral music and then, you know, look beautiful and he And like, smile and hug and walk inside. Yeah. And he like watches her as she walks away and looks like, <laughs> it's amazing, but I didn't really sense any connection, but I also think it's a hundred percent, you know, everybody's talking about how nervous he is. And I think that's very true and very apparent. So he's probably just like feeling a little bit closed off. Oh my God, that one girl, what did she say? What's your favorite animal? And then she also said another word that was hilarious. I forget what it was, but it wasn't a word. Everybody was just nervous as hell. So nervous. The girl that tripped, RIP, but what a great edit. Also, how do you feel? This is the last thing I'll bring up because we're really popping off about The Bachelor here. But what are your thoughts on Heather M, Heather Martin returning to The Bachelor? Oh, so I'm not surprised because she's friends with Hannah Brown. Like really exactly. good friends. And, Han- and they've probably already met. Like, oh, 100%. I was, see, that's what I'm excited for is if they acknowledge that they have met before because obviously they have. Hannah and Heather are always posting together. Matt and Tyler are always posting together. Of course they've met. Of course they've hung out. Maybe yeah. they've hooked up. That would be tea. They would never that admit that. Tea. But I well, don't think it's ridiculous. I don't either. And that's going to be like really annoying to me because James and I were just talking about how I really dislike I understand that this is um the bachelor's formula but I'm personally ready for the bachelor to start breaking the fourth wall like I don't actually like the fact that it's so produced I think a lot of people don't like it because it's like we all know that what we're seeing like isn't really what's happening and it doesn't it doesn't feel like a very enrich experience like I want to see the tea I want to see when they look right into the camera I want to see their conversations with producers I fully agree with that I think that you posted about this very well about how Victoria is just a complete production plant and I'm I know why they do it I know that there obviously has to be that one really out there character that everybody loves to hate but I'm just sick of it because it's the same thing every season we all know that it's a production plant and it's just it's overplayed and overdone. And I totally agree. I think in the older seasons when it was just normal people before influencers were a thing, it was way more natural. And even though production probably had some secrets here and there, it was just a show of normal people actually connecting and going on actual dates. And it'd be nice to get back to that. Yeah. Like I, I truly feel like if Bachelor doesn't like they've worked for a long time, but times are changing and they're, they, they're not going to be successful with the same formula going into seasons to come. They have to adapt with the world happening around them. And I feel as though in order for them to do that, they should make some chances. Like, you know, the ends of some of the episodes when we actually get to see some bloopers, we actually get to see them being real people. They're laughing. Maybe they mess up. Maybe like 
a technical issue happens and it's funny. That's the kind of shit that I would love to see in an episode that would make it so much more entertaining, interesting. It would give us so much more to talk about. Like I want to see them take some risks and you know, they could always do it and maybe their ratings go down and then they were like, okay, fuck it. It didn't work. They've had situations where their ratings were great before. Usually it has mostly everything to do with the lead. And so, you know, maybe they cast an amazing lead and they say, fuck it, let's do something different. Or maybe they use Bachelor in Paradise as a, as a mechanism to test kind of the breaking the fourth wall thing. I'm just saying, like, I'm giving you guys great advice and for no money. So for not a single cent, the least they could do is pay us back that $10 a month. Literally. But yeah, I'm excited for next week's episode, or I guess if you're listening right now, tonight's episode, because I think Heather M coming in will give us some great things to talk about. But, and I'm not going to, I won't say too much, but I really don't think it's problematic that she is returning to the show. Yep. Completely Okay. Oh, could we please just get into Bridgerton? Let's get into it. And Emily, let me just say this very first for our listeners. Okay. So if you haven't watched yet and you don't want to hear spoilers, we will tell you when we are starting to get into spoiler things, okay? But first, we're going to go in with just kind of a little intro, talk about our feelings and thoughts, and then we'll get into the more nitty-gritty stuff, at which point we will let you know to turn off because we're going to be talking about spoilers. So, Netflix's eight-part series focuses primarily on the love affair between Daphne Bridgerton, London's newest and most pursued debutante, and Simon Bassett, the rakish Duke of Hastings. The proceedings are laid out by a gossip girl narrator, type narrator, Lady Whistledown, the unseen but all-knowing author of a salacious society page. And while this initial season of Bridgerton centers on Daphne and Simon, the eight Bridgerton books follow the escapades of all eight Bridgerton siblings, giving Netflix plenty of material for future future potential seasons. Let me just say, like, thank God we got a Netflix show that showed the fuck up. And I really just, I enjoyed this so much. Okay. Interesting. So (gasps) I, no, 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 no. This is not going to be the queen, a queen's gambit situation. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I really, really loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. However, it wasn't, you know, a top five of the year top. Like it's not time it's seven days into the year oh my god I keep forgetting okay I don't know how else to explain I, we'll get more into it when we actually start recapping but basically everything that happened in the show I saw coming so that was what took off a star for me was there was no big shocker okay interesting even the reveal of Lady Whistledown? Yes, dude, I knew it. I okay. knew it all along, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I legitimately, I have it in my notes. If anybody wants to come for me, I have the receipts, and I have the date on the note. I okay, was, okay. Okay, sorry. But I did write down, I said, I bet it'll be X. X. Okay, well, that's interesting, because, and I will say, like, I actually have a lot of constructive criticisms about the show, too, and I want to get into those as well, but just generally speaking, like, I just thought it was so pleasant to watch. The gal who plays Daphne, Daphne, who is played by Phoebe Dynavore, is just incredible. She's beautiful. She's ethereal. I could not stop looking at her. And oh my god, did it get spicy? The mans who play the Duke of Hastings, same deal. He's extremely handsome. I just loved watching their story unfold. And basically, if you haven't seen it yet, like I had said in kind of that intro, it is based off a series of books, and every single book is about a different child in the Bridgerton family. So we got a really nice, like they're the main characters, Daphne and Simon's story kind of got wrapped up and tied up in a little bow, which I really appreciate. And it's a different format than something like Gossip Girl where- Cliffhanger after cliffhanger. Yeah. 
and like Serena and Dan, like they're off again, they're on again. One season he's dating her best friend and then they like, you don't think they're going to end up together and then they get married and it's like, what the fuck? This one is just like very nice. You get a clear ending and you, I imagine that the way that it ends, it then moves into another family member, you know? Okay. Can we just tell everybody that if they don't want spoilers to stop listening now, because we need to get into it. Yes. Okay. If you have not seen Bridgerton, I highly recommend you look at our timestamps in the description, fast forward to the Queen's Gambit little spiel, and then get the hell out of here. Okay. (laughs) First of all, the main character, Daphne, played by Phoebe, first of all, that just triggered me because I actually had two dogs growing up named Phoebe and Daphne. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) There were two little miniature pinchers and that just made me really happy. So I just needed to pay tribute to them and mention that. Mm -hmm. Second of all- I was obviously Googling everything about this Phoebe character, this Phoebe actress, because I had no idea who she was. And so I was doing a lot of research on her. I was obviously Googling if she was dating anybody, their love lives, how old they are, because I really couldn't tell. She's 25, if anybody is wondering. And in these articles, I don't know if you know this already, but she got the role for this show after she did a chemistry test with the guy who plays Simon. And let me just say, I want to say this right now, and I will be clipping this if it comes true. I am speculating right now, as of January 8th, 2021, that these two are dating in real life. I think that's a fair speculation. I was actually just thinking um, when I was watching, I was watching a couple of their PR things on MTV and Cosmo. They did a couple interviews via Zoom. And I was just thinking how impossible it would be to not fall in love with each other when you're doing such steamy, sensual type scenes, because there was lots of sex and lots of humping. And I just can't imagine that you can't, like, there's a level of connection that you build just without even, if they didn't even know anything about each other, they were just doing a lot of sex stuff. And And I imagine. (laughs) It's just giving me such Twilight vibes of you know rob and Kristen, and it's the same thing yeah you're spending all this time together you're doing all these steamy scenes rob and Kristen were booked and they got cast for that show because of a a chemistry scene that they did prior to the to the movies filming and i mean it's it's a tale as old as time zach efron and vanessa hudgens um newly the two people in high school musical the musical the series olivia rodrigo and that other guy they started dating then they broke up it's a thing and he just have sex on camera he was just doing that interview with aaron lim for e and she asked him who his celebrity crush was and he said phoebe so i give it a couple weeks here's my thing I think that they're waiting for the hype to die down just a little bit because obviously it's trending everywhere. They don't really need any extra attention. Netflix is doing it for them. Everybody's talking about it. I swear to God, give it a couple weeks when everybody's attention starts to slowly die down or a new show comes up and then boom, they announce that they're dating and then everybody freaks out again. Publicity is back. I'm just calling it now. That's all I'll say. That's a great call. I think you could be on to something with that. Thank you. So let's... No, you go for it. I was going to ask you who your favorite character was. Oh, okay. I think it was, it was actually a tie between, I actually really liked a lot of the characters and I really liked how there were so many and you could kind of, you know, pledge your loyalties to one character or the other. You could think about, you like this about this character, like that about that character. Um, I really liked Eloise. I thought she was super quirky and cute and just fun. And I, really hope to I kind of thought she was Lady Whistledown for a while but then she got so into it I was like no she can't be um but I think she was amazing 
And I really loved Daphne, obviously. Just her voice is so soothing and wonderful. And I found myself talking like her just so I could embody (laughs) her elegance and beauty. I think, and I also like the older brother, but I think he, Mm -hmm. I think he had a nice arc and I'm excited to see where he goes. I would imagine, I'm guessing that he would probably be the next Colin um, character. Yeah, Colin. Totally. That they would focus on because they kind of left him a little bit of a open ending there with the opera gal. So what about you? Oh, wait. Oh, I thought you meant, I was talking about Colin, the one that's about. Oh, sorry. Leave. No, I didn't like Colin. Um, what's the name of the, the, Vi- or the, yeah, the Viscount or the head of the household Philip? brother? The Is one that Philip? was, I don't know. The one that was having sex with the opera girl. Yeah. I, now I'm forgetting the, I no Okay. Here's, I, I agree with you on the fact that I really liked all the characters and everybody was very unique and different. However, I was taking notes, just small little notes on every episode. And my only thoughts on the first episode was too many characters because, yeah. and I, I don't think there was an easier way to do it. So I'm not faulting the producers of the show, but I was so overwhelmed and I had no idea what was going on because I'm like, wait, who's in what family and how many siblings are there and what is going on? And are they dating or are they siblings? I don't know. Because of that, I think it was hard to form. Like I liked all the characters, but it was hard to form significant attachments to a lot of them because the brothers I kept getting mixed up with their names I only know Colin that younger one that they left the show with him about to you know leave the yeah. town on horseback and and I cannot think of it I want to say it's, it's Anthony Anthony oh my god is there an is is there someone named Philip or did I just pull that Philip was that maybe the prince um the German prince Philip or Gregory what? There's no Philip because the siblings are named A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Oh my God. Oh, where the hell did I get Philip from? Okay, I'm on the wrong side for that. Maybe I'm thinking about the actual royal family. But mm. I did love the brothers. They were they were just a fun trio, very unique personalities. Sienna, wow, lots to dive into there. But my favorite character was also Eloise. I just think she was so cute, so pure. And remember when we talked about how... I don't know what the question of the day was, but when I talked about how when I was younger, I was obsessed. I was I was like a mini investigative journalist and would always ask a bunch of questions and ha- try to figure out, you know, everything about the Easter Bunny and about Santa Claus. I would always leave notes with questions on them. And I just, I really saw myself in her. With Eloise? Yeah, and she didn't want to settle down anytime soon. She was scared yeah. of the normal trajectory of life. And same here. So she was, a, she was a feminist icon. And she's such a good friend to Penelope. Penelope oh yeah well she I mean they had their ups and downs but yeah but they had they had a fight because Penelope freaked out on her yeah Penelope was like all over the place she was going crazy and let's talk about at the end when the queen was basically trying to bust Lady Whistledown Eloise went and tried to stop her and told her to go you know so and she didn't even even though she had it wrong she's just she didn't want it to get shut down just because Lady Whistledown didn't agree with the queen and I love that can we really quickly talk about the, I want to know like what issues you had with the show because I had a couple and I, and I really want to feel seen. So I really hope that you <laughs> feel the same way. Like I was getting on Reddit trying to be like, am I the only one that thinks this way? And I want to get your thoughts. I felt like it was really, really fun to watch. Okay. And I enjoyed it. And you often had to make some inferences about what was happening in the plot in order to get to the next thing. And, and, and I found myself harping on things like, wait, why, what was the reason for that? And what was the motivation here? And what are they thinking here? A lot of, uh, what's her name? Daphne and Philip's relationship was <laughs> so- You just said Philip. 
Oh, fuck. What's his name? Simon. Isn't Philip? I think Philip is the prince. I think it's the prince. But I'm dead. We need to stop saying Philip. It's your fault. Daphne and Simon. Simon. Their relationship. At the very point at the duel where she said, you will marry me. And then they got married and they went to, from that point up until them having sex at the inn, was so much confusion to me about the reasoning behind their actions. Like, why did Simon show up to the promenade the next day totally drunk? Like, there was no reason for that. There were just times where I was like, wait, why is he doing that? Why is she doing that? What is she thinking here? What is he thinking there? It just felt a little unclear at times. And I kept saying to James, like, isn't this confusing you? And he's like, no, obviously this is happening because of this and that's happening because of that. And I was like, but didn't you kind of have to infer that? Like, they didn't really make a lot of things clear. I'm just curious. Did you feel the same way or no? No, I definitely thought that there were a lot of, in that time period, there was a lot of confusion. You know what I had the biggest problem with was why were there so many, during all these balls and events, the orchestra or whatever, why were they playing, I wrote down all the songs that I heard, they played In My Blood by Shawn Mendes, they played Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, and then they also had Wildest Dreams by Taylor Swift. And I, I don't know why it bothered me. I, I'm sure that everybody, a lot of people probably love those renditions, but I didn't like that. I'm like, okay, if we're going to be set in a time where Daphne literally doesn't even know what's supposed to happen on a wedding night, I feel uncomfortable that they're playing Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. I don't know. In my opinion, it was stick to the times, give us, <laughs> stay consistent, okay? I think that they took some liberties. They took a lot of liberties with the time period, which I appreciated because we've seen that done before. So I liked how they did something different. And also I I got really excited because, so I always watch shows with closed captioning because I can't follow anything. And so when those songs came up, it said, In My Blood by Shawn Mendes covered by Vitamin String Quartet. Have you ever heard of Vitamin String Quartet before? No. Well, they are, they are known for covering um, popular pop songs with, you know, it's like four people playing violins. And I forget oh. how I even know about them because I have old iTunes songs that I purchased when I was like in high school by Vitamin String Quartet. And I think they may, they either got famous maybe through like America's Got Talent or maybe um, potentially through So You Think You Can Dance because I watched a lot of that and people would use like the um, orchestral, uh, what's it called? <laughs> symphony (laughs) type stuff for their dances whatever so I kind of got stoked on that because I I am a vitamin string quartet stan and I appreciated it like at least they didn't use the actual pop songs you know what I mean that would have been bad guy just starts playing over (laughs) the intercom (laughs) I I mean I like it the only other big issue that I can think of from the show was what happened to Daphne's dad I know. Maybe they'll tell us about it later, but I kind of assume that they just didn't talk about it because we're we're want we're being told to see this family where it's all anchored around them the matriarch of the family and we don't have to worry about the patriarch because he's just not there. And I kinda liked that. It reminded me of like Marmy in Little Women kind of vibes where it's just like this is the mom, she's the leader of the household. I mean the Anthony Guy is like the man of the household and he handles all the finances and does all the man things. But you could tell they all like looked up to their mom and I thought that was cute. I didn't really care. I was like, we'll find out eventually. You know what I mean? You probably yeah, died. It just, you know? 
It just bugged me because like you said, at the very end of the show, at the very end of the season, it did feel like they really tied up a lot of the strings, a lot of the loose ends. And so it just bothered me that that was always there and they never addressed it. I was hoping for a flashback. Maybe, but they have, you can, I mean, this is obviously going to be picked up for another season. So true. They, I was reading an article that said that they projected to get 63 or to reach 63 million homes in the first five days of launch or whatever i'm like dude and you Absolutely. know why they can project that because netflix tells us what to watch <laughs> and we back i know that we obviously have to briefly discuss episode sex or oh, six sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god i thought that was on purpose it was oh. on purpose oh okay i mean i thought that was an accident and then i saw it was on purpose <laughs> yes episode Episode six is on fire. Let me just say, while we were talking about the vitamin string quartet situation, episode six had the vitamin string quartet version of Wildest Dreams by Taylor Swift. That's what I said. I know, but I'm I'm pointing out that that episode specifically had it in the background. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Because it was like a little bit of mirroring with the Wildest Dreams music video oh i got the it castle in the background and having sex in the lawn and all that what did you feel were you shook when you got to those scenes i mean i was just overwhelmed because the whole show up to that point was all about you know oh if you even kiss someone or it could be one t- one touch or one kiss at one of these balls and your life is over and so it was yeah. just such a classy show and then all of a sudden it's just literally an hour of porn and I was not prepared I mean good for them I just need to know what it's like being on set for something like that because I just can't imagine it's comfortable but good on them I mean they listen they made it look real natural I'm just I can't imagine. I mean, I appreciated that I felt there was a level of realisticness. Cause, and I mean, and all I mean by that is like, we had to watch the whole time. Like they didn't cut any corners. You know what I mean? Emily's covering her face and embarrassed. I'm like, it's true. No, I'm not. I just, I just have the giggles. I really liked it. I thought it was tasteful and no but I get what you're saying like it wasn't a cheesy montage clips every few seconds and you know different it really was a continual scene and we got some booty we got some some nip Mm -hmm. it was I thought it was great I I I really liked how it kind of snuck up on you you're like oh shit okay (laughs) I mean they really let the tension build I'll say that much they did a great job with that they 100% did I thought that was really fun there was one there was one point where I legitimately thought that they wouldn't end up together and I was really concerned because I was like even I can see the chemistry between these two which is again why I think they're dating in real life because I could see it through the screen maybe they're just great that good of actors and actresses but it was real it was there I did too I mean that was that was to me that was kind of what bothered me about the story and that maybe it would be interesting to read the book but for example if he's going to be so fervent about not having children with her or children at all it just kind of seemed like he changed his mind pretty easily you know what I mean and after everything 
I don't know. I feel like I would have liked to see that development happen in a way that was more realistic or maybe his reasoning, have the reasoning, the core reasoning for not having kids make more sense. Because to me, it was like, dude, he's dead. Like, have kids. You'd be a great father. You're clearly great around kids. Daphne's clearly great around kids. You guys can have an amazing life together. And it seems like that's what he was thinking all along. So for me, it was like, why was it that she needed to tell him that he was worthy of, that he was worthy of love totally in order agree. for him to be able to have kids. It just, it didn't fully come together for me. They told the story and I mean, it was fun. And like I said, I liked that it got wrapped in a pretty little bow. I just feel like some of the nuances of the character development, the storytelling, I know I sound like a dickhead right now, but it's truly how I feel. Like, I think it just could have been written a little bit better. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for the next seasons because I, I'm just excited to get a little more time with every other character. Maybe we'll actually know what the brothers' names are. I <laughs> I know that we could go on for hours, but I just have to cover these really quick three things that I jotted down in my notes. Number one, how old is Penelope supposed to be? Because when the show started, I was like, is this girl 12 or 25? Will someone please give us just a general idea of the age range here? I think she must be right on the cusp of being presented as a debutante and opening up her- herself to society. Like so what age better- is that? 18? Oh, that's a good question. I would imagine 16 to 18 range. I don't know. I'm sure there's like a historically accurate number, but I'm not sure. That just really threw me off. And I guess, let me just add that to the critiques of the show. I mean, I don't expect them to say, hello, I'm Daphne and I'm 17 years old. And then everybody introduced themselves. But I just legitimately had no idea what was supposed to be going on there because I actually thought that she was a small child. And then I came to realize (laughs) that, nope, she was on the cusp of being in the same position as Daphne. So that was my first note is how old is this chick? Second of all, Imagine, I just love making the comparisons with, you know, life back then and that type of lifestyle to the life that we live now. Imagine having to shoot each other because you made out with someone in a garden. Oh my God. The duel thing was so stupid. And when she, when Daphne rode in on the horse and then fell off the horse, I was, that was a low for me. That was a low when she jumps in front of the gun or the gunshot, but that was a, that was a low for me as well. And I wish that we have, we had had a little bit more handholding through the customs of this time period, especially because this was geared towards a younger audience. So like for a show like The Crown or for a Pride and Prejudice type show, like there's a level of historical accuracy that you just have to assume your, your audience already knows. But because this was tailored to like the 15 to 21 year olds, you know, or older because we're not, you know, in that age range anymore. Um, <laughs> I would have liked a little bit more. Hey, this is what happens when you become a woman. You enter into society, and your your purpose is to find a husband. And the husbands might be in it for your money, but you might be in it for the husband's money. And basically, it's just a fight to get the highest rank or level of status as you possibly can. So yeah, I wish we had a little bit more of that because it was really unclear when stuff was happening with the stuff in the garden, like when she was being promiscuous. It was unclear that that was something that should flag to us as like, oh, that's a big deal. And that's the kind of shit where you had to like read between the lines. You know what I mean? Obviously in a show like this, it will be, there will be cheesy moments like that, but I just thought it could have been done way differently. I just really hated watching that part. I thought it was really horrible. Um, Anyway, my last note is the rain scene 
where they're hosting the ball and then it starts pouring down rain and then everybody leaves. I, she was serving, Daphne was serving me major Kira Knightley vibes, how her mouth was just wide open and she was gasping as the rain poured on her and, and everyone ran for cover and she just stood out there and took it like a champ. And I just got, I don't know, I don't know how else to explain it other than I just got Kira Knightley vibes and I needed to say that. That's all. I can see that too. I told James she was giving orgasm face vibes. Yep. So who do you think Lady Whistledown was? Um, I really don't know. I was just throwing out a bunch of guesses. It was kind of like the undoing where I was really just trying to say everybody so that I could have said, oh, oh, I knew it was him. I was in between the queen and Penelope and Eloise. Those were my top three. And I really wanted it to be the queen because she was so invested in the tea that I just thought that'd be funny because she she seemed the most unlikely because the lady whistle down was so you know she had a queen-like voice because she was voiced by Julie Andrews I was also kind of disappointed that they revealed lady whistle down so soon just because that would have kept me watching we know that I'm a cliffhanger queen so that would have been nice but I'm also glad we got some answers I guess and we'll see what she does with the character maybe it maybe she's not lady whistle down oh my god do we even think of that I feel like that's not possible. We'll see. <laughs> You're just mad because you wanted to be her because, yes, it was her. I know. I really genuinely never guess the right person in any whodunit. But, oh, I watched Knives Out, by the way, recently. Incredible. Didn't guess Oh, my that. God. That's so crazy that you say that. We're going to watch it again tonight. Oh, so good. I would watch it again in a heartbeat. But <laughs> I was just really proud of myself. But Penelope was just, I don't even know how to explain how I knew it was her other than just a feeling. She was just... You know, she's kind of overshadowed by, in her family, you know, she's not, because the whole guess was that it was someone who wasn't necessarily involved in all the events and the drama, and that it was sort of an outsider. But when you think about it, Penelope was sort of an outsider. You know, she's not a Bridgerton, but she has those connections. And I think she had a lot of anger, and who knows how she came up with the idea, but obviously, you know, she really loved Colin, and then Marina got in the way, and there was all this drama. And then, of course, I knew it was her when it was announced that Marina was pregnant because that just did it for me. She was clearly so bitter, didn't want Colin to get hurt, was in love with Colin. And I was like, obviously she's behind it. And also Eloise was always bugging her about, hey, I have this hint, let's go try to find this or let's try to track this down or here's my progress. And she never got invested in it. And they're best friends. And so if she wasn't Lady Whistledown, then I think she would have been much more involved in the surging process. But you could tell every time Eloise tried to bring it up about a new hint or progress that she had made, Penelope wasn't interested. But there is a scenario in which Penelope could have shared the Marina's pregnant information to the point where it got to Lady Whistledown. You know what I mean? Or, she, yeah. you know, like I actually, I would be interested to see who Lady Whistledown is in the books. I'm not going to look it up just in case it is somebody else. And maybe that's, that is what's happening. Cause that'd be tea. If it wasn't her, that'd be really cool. And that's it's the same cool. scenario as Dan being gossip girl. Oh, sorry. Spoiler. But if you don't know, I mean, it's a 15 year old show. So but you Dan, have time. Dan is gossip girl in gossip girl. And it's the same situation where he's involved in it. And we all expect that it's just somebody on the outside watching everything, but actually it's somebody who is an outsider, just like Penelope. So, yeah, I don't know. Keep your friends close and your gossip girls closer. And your whistle downs closer. Okay, we We had a lot of content. (laughs) I like just, I need some water. We had a lot of content to cover today. And I know that we literally promised people at the beginning that we'd talk about the Queen's Gambit, but I simply think we have to 
save it for next week. The tea is we'll always have something to say about the Queen's Gambit. So I do have an apology I'd like to make, but I'll save it to next week so that you all can mentally prepare. And I will put in, I'll put in a timestamp in our description right here where I simply say, if you fast forwarded to here to hear about the Queen's Gambit, unfortunately, we have broken that promise. We will be talking about it next week. Yes, absolutely. Well, this was an exciting one. We loved talking about these topics this week. They were extremely tea and, you know, 2021, keep it up. I am into this tea. I'm into this content being provided to us so that we can make not a living off of this show. Thank you so much for being with us and we will see you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye.